Welcome to Church on the Hill. I'm Pastor Paul. That is my beautiful wife, Elizabeth. We're so glad you're here. Happy Father's Day to everybody. Bless you. Be sure to love on your fathers today if, if they're around. Um, I do want to encourage you on that uh, word that Elizabeth just gives is um, I believe that God is looking for us to transform into his likeness. And one of the qualities of Father God is he does have new mercies every morning. So I want to encourage all the fathers out there to consider having new mercies every morning. With your spouse, with your people that you work with, with your children. I mean, we had a situation this morning where we were kind of on one of our kids' case all morning. And then I felt like the Lord say, okay, there's new mercies for him tomorrow. <laughs> for that child tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know where he snuck off to, but... Uh... He was in here just a minute ago. Maybe he missed that one. Elizabeth teaches at uh, Tennessee Tech, and it never fails that me or my children will run into one of them somewhere in town. And we meet, we somehow, by social engagement, we meet each other, and they're like, wait a minute, your wife, your mom is Professor Elizabeth Ramsey. And then you could see dots getting put together. Oh, I know you, and I know these stories about you. And they know specifics. They know the stories probably better than my family could even tell them. So, um, I don't know why I said that, but anyway, enjoy. Yeah, huh? I do? Yeah, I, 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 I unfortunately get to tell stories on my kids, and I try so hard to leave it their uh, identity unknown, but... We, uh, we let it slip. I uh, thank the Lord that there is new mercies for me uh, tomorrow. Amen? Amen. Okay, so happy Father's Day. Today's purpose, I want to start engaging with you. I want you to start considering what is my purpose, not mine, yours. What is your purpose and what is the purpose of church? I believe that the big church, the big C, has kind of missed the target a little bit, and it's time. I believe the Lord is leading us back to his heart, what his heart is for you and what his heart is for the church. And I want us to be on board with that. Amen? Who could not be on board with that? What God's heart is for you and what God's heart is for you in the church. Amen? Not what the world has made it into, not what denominations have made it into, but what God's heart is for you and for the church. So today's purpose, I believe that one of the purposes of the church is for you to come in here and have your needs supplied, to meet you right where you are, to restore you, and to deliver you. Now, I want to back up to when the worship team was singing and um, I don't know if you grasp this, but we have incredibly talented, spirit-filled worshipers up here on stage every single week working so hard. Amen. But something that you don't see, you know, we saw a struggle. I don't know if you saw a struggle, but I saw a struggle, struggle up here technically that, that Pete started working through and got it fixed in time for this last song that he had a lead in. I don't know if anybody's paying attention, but as a former worship leader, I am. I'm watching, seeing the struggle and thinking, man, Pete, don't worry about it. Just set it down and just worship. But he's like, no, I got this. I've got a purpose, and let me get in here and let me get this fixed. And he did. It was awesome. And then we've got Quentin who is leading this song, and then all of a sudden he takes it within his gift that God has blessed him to a whole nother level. It just, it just kind of came from nowhere and went to a whole nother level. The same thing with Pastor Zach as he was leading, I believe it was a hymn, 
Was that a him? I'm telling you, I'm a doofus when it comes to, uh, to some things. But as he was leading us in that hymn, and it started to build, and you started to kind of ride that wave, he then took us into, oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. And it ignited my spirit, and I came up here not so that I could take over or to do better than what they're doing, but I had another gear to go to. My spirit wanted to be released into another gear, and when I come up, it's to help you get out of your comfort zone and get into a, into a kingdom realm and start worshiping the Lord. Who cares who's around you? Who cares what's going on in your life? Worship the Lord. There is another gear to go to. Where you are is not the finish line. There is more, and I want you to know there is more in worship. Now, if y'all were really listening to me, my voice was cracking. I couldn't get any of it right. I didn't care. That's why I pulled the mic away. I didn't stop singing. Those of you on the front rows could still hear me and probably feel me spitting all over you and singing. Because my concern was not my quality of worship. My concern was my heart of worship. And if you could ever consider... Stepping out just a little bit. When the worship leaders are encouraging you to step out, you're, as you come each week, some of you are here for the very first time, and you've got to build trust. Who is this guy up here? I don't know him. Man, he's getting excited, or he's doing this, or she's doing that. I don't know you, but as you get to know me and realize, I'm not going to drive you off a cliff. I've been pastoring 11 years, and yeah, I've done some crazy, stupid stuff, but I don't think I've ever driven you off a cliff. I don't know, maybe a few of you. Um, but as we build trust, then all of a sudden when the, when the leader or even as I give a message and the Lord's drawing you out and you start to build a relationship with each other, it's like, okay, I'll go with you because I know you're not going to leave me. You're not going to let go of my hand. You're not going to lead me in a bad direction. But there is a level in worship that just as you sit out here as a church, that breakthrough will take part in your heart. Breakthrough will take part in your mind. And I believe that there are kingdom things that will be set forth from that point as you go out in front of you. It says that the steps of the righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And when you line up with the Lord and worship genuinely with your heart, I believe the Lord begins to order your steps. You may not even know it, but something changes in your heart. Something changes in your spirit. And guys, if y'all don't know it, I am a worship leader. I am a worshiper. That's what my heart is, is what happened this morning, is to help. Number one, I want to go there. Once they start leading me, man, I want to go. I don't even have to necessarily be led anymore. I'm, they kind of got my motor running, and now I'm ready to run. But then I have a desire to help you, and I believe this team has a desire to help you to go farther than you've been because there's something better. Amen. So I want to encourage you. I'm going to give you a word today. So I encourage you to start building trust with me. Start building trust with the Lord. And let's consider stepping out. Because God has a purpose for you. And he has a purpose for this church with you in it. Everybody say amen. All right. That's the purpose of today. I'm going to give you something. I'm going to try to give you purpose. I'm going to try to let you hear the call that God has on your, li on your life. Now I want to ask you. Will you, will you receive it? That's your part. You can sit here and enjoy the message and go home and nothing change. Or you can receive it, believe it, and be changed. Okay. John chapter 1, verse 1. Have you got your Bibles? I'm starting in New King James. I'm going to flip then to the New Living. But this is New King James. If you've got your Bibles, get out your iPhones. Get out the Word. Don't be caught without the Word. 
Your word I have hidden in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Thank you. I literally drew a blank for just a minute, and I knew you did. But thankfully, there are those that are in the word. My wife knows me. I sit at lunch with Carl Reniger, and every single time someone comes up to have lunch, to, to come and holler at me, I go to introduce him, and he does not wait for me to remember his name because I forget it every time. Almost every time, and he just knows it. He just sticks out his hand, Carl Reniger. I'm like, oh, praise God, the guy knows me. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. My part is to hide the word in my heart. So, John chapter 1, you got your Bibles? In the beginning was what? And it's a capital word. What does that mean? That means it is someone. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. These two, again, we start to see a separation. Now, God, three in one, this Trinity thing that we hear. Right here, we see two people. Do you see it? I'm going to show you how this word is Jesus. Jesus is the word. I'm going to tie this together, so just go with me for now, and I'm going to, <coughs> I'm going to show you. But do you see that the word was with God, and the word was God. With me? He who... Who's he? Go back. The word. We got to stay, stay on point. He, now all of a sudden it has put a masculine reference to it. He, the word, was with God. This is so significant. We easily read over this. But stay with the word. All things were made through this same he. You gotta stay with you gotta stay with your English and continue to follow what the subject is. The he is the word. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, who is the word. We haven't moved. And without him, the capital W word, nothing was made that was made. In everybody say him. Are we still focused? We haven't changed was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. As you guys look at your list, your list lines, almost every song lines up with where the Lord was leading us today. Uh, I typically try to go and see what they're singing and kind of prepare my heart for it, but I did not get to do it this week. I, it's just been busy. And can, I, can I just um, state an obvious uh, thing that I've noticed this week, last week, the week before? There is a lot of deaths happening right now. Something different is happening. Um, the first Christian church two days ago lost their pastor, 50 years old, dropped dead playing a softball game. Um, has children my children's age. His name is Alan Morris. Awesome church, awesome pastor. Um, but there is, there, we, we've also lost two people, my dad being one, to cancer in the last two weeks. There is just, there's just something stirring there's something going on, and I want to give you hope. We have hope, but at the same time, you can be out playing a softball game, and it be over. I, I know that that doesn't really preach well today, but it's life. You don't know what you have left. So let's make the most of it. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So let's go back. What is the main point? Verses 1 through 5. I believe, I'll just tell you, I believe it is the word. 
He is referring from verse 1 to verse 5 to the word. Amen? The him is the word. The it is the word. But then if we drop down a few verses in John chapter 1 to John chapter 1 verse 14. Let's tie it together. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as, as of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. Now, at, with an English class, can we break this down again? Because my point today, part of my point today, is the last three words, the last five words, full of grace and truth. Because as you read it, if you, don't, if you read it too quickly and don't pay attention, you think that it is the Father who is full of grace and truth. But no, let's back up. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word did. And we beheld His, the Word, becoming flesh, we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten. Again, that's still referring to the word, the word becoming flesh, the only begotten of the Father. We got to go back to the begotten. The begotten is full of grace and truth. Are you with me? Okay. So, the word became flesh. What, how do, we, what do we know that to be true as? That Jesus came in the flesh. The Son of God came down to earth in the flesh, and He is the Word. The Word became flesh. You with me? So Jesus is the Word. Jesus, say that. Jesus is the Word. He, the He in this, is Jesus. Jesus came to, to the earth. And it is, now, now, now let's, get, let's get a little bit excited. It is the Word that removes darkness. That was in that was in verse four, verse five. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The word removes darkness. This word came to earth as man. He came to earth as man to do for us what we couldn't do, to give you the opportunity to receive his reward. He positioned us to be able to receive what he deserved and not receive what we deserved. Are you with me? Jesus came to give me what he had and for me not to get what I deserved to get. So, what comes with the word? What is the word full of? Thank you. Doesn't always happen. The word is full of. What is the word full of? The word is full of grace and truth. Grace and truth. The word is not full of guilt and condemning. The word is not full of telling people everything they're doing wrong. The word is full of grace and truth. Do you know that truth will work out itself? If I'm doing something wrong and someone gives me truth, it'll work out itself. You don't have to come to me and say, you're a sinner, you're going to hell, you're bad and I'm good. Who said? God didn't say that. God says we're all bad. We're all sinners. And we need him. So don't tell me I'm bad. 
I'm bad, you're bad. I, I, I know I, I know I am, but what I know you are, but what am I? I'm rubber and you're glue. Anything you say to me bounces off me and sticks on you. We know how to defend people saying stuff at us. But I want you to know that when it is the word being said to you, it is full of grace and truth. Grace and truth. What is grace? If you don't hear anything else, hear this. The free and unmerited favor of God. The free and unmerited favor of God. Is even that expression too churchy to get? The free and unmerited favor of God. Undeserving. Undeserving favor. Think of it like this, like God saying to us, I like you. And I'm going to show it by giving you an advantage, a blessing. No, you don't deserve it. But I'm full of grace, and that's what I give you. Unmerited, the free and unmerited favor of God. What does favor sound like? Does it sound like favorite? Have you ever seen a teacher treat a student like a favorite? Makes that one feel good, but it makes the rest of them not feel so good. God doesn't do that. Can I just give you a little secret? I'm his favorite. No, I am. Yeah. (laughs) No, I am. Elizabeth said everyone is. That's true. But do you know how you feel when you think somebody thinks that they're your BFF? I have a warm, fuzzy feeling that I can do anything around that person. They're not going to leave me. They're not going to forsake me. They're going to be with me. I am their favorite. They want to be with me. Not only that, but he pours out his favor, what his ability, what he has in his... How many of you have a great friend that owns a boat? That, that great friend lets you borrow that boat. Oh, I got quiet real quick. Oh, let me think about my friends. I have a, like my son has a truck. Uh, I don't know who I'd loan that truck out to. Yeah, but your favorite, you'd let. He lets me borrow his truck. I kind of think I'm Pete's favorite. But favor, are you with me? The word is full of favor. God's unmerited favor. You don't deserve it. Unmerited. You you didn't get merits. You didn't get check marks so that you can have it. You just get it. Undeserved kindness, consideration, attention. Thank God, not what I deserve. But it's full of grace and truth. What is truth? Truth is the opposite of a lie. Is that deep? Truth defeats lies. The moment truth shows up, the lie can't stay there any longer. What is happening? Darkness is getting defeated by light. Sometimes it hurts a little bit, but that hurt goes away. And we can start building on something real. Have you ever tried to keep a lie going? It just gets worse. It's more work than you can do. You can't keep it. You can't stay ahead of it. It gets ahead of you. But the truth puts an end to it. 
Can you see that? It immediately drives out the darkness. If you were in a completely pitch black room, all you have to do is just add a little bit of light and it defeats that darkness. All it takes is just a little bit for your eyes to start to focus on that light. And your eyes start to see, even in the dark. You need more light. You need more light to be able to to see clearly. But light drives out darkness. Darkness literally runs. Think about truth. Does anybody remember the 1990 movie, 90s or 2000? um, It shows my age. The Matrix. And those robot sentries that would go searching for the enemies. That's what truth does. It starts searching, looking for lies, and when it finds it, it grabs hold and eats through it until it's dead. That's how good truth is. It's searching out for those lies so that it can defeat it. I want you to know I would encourage you to realize you may be living under some lies. The way to remove that is the word. I want you to know here at Church on the Hill, the Lord's really putting it in my heart to dig hard for truth. Dig for truth, for vision for our church, for purpose, for our culture, for leadership. To go forward. Go forward in truth, not forward in lies or forward in past history of of stuff. But also personally, future, defeating lies, getting vision and purpose. That's the purpose of church, for us to get truth and to offer that truth and mercy and grace to others. The word is full of grace and truth. When I receive the word, it's full of grace and truth. When I receive grace and truth, I receive grace and truth. When I give you the word, what I'm giving you is Jesus. And I'm giving you grace and truth. Now, you can receive it or you can reject it. You can adhere to it. You know what adherence means? That you follow through the instructions that are intended. You don't go do it your way and hope you get the right results. You do it the right way. Have you ever taken medicine the wrong way? It could literally kill you. But if you take it the right way, it helps you. Or you can ignore it. Let me give you an example. This has happened to me. Someone gives you a gift card. And... You're so happy. You're so thankful. I love gift cards, especially from a few particular places. And I get it. And I'm so thankful. I tell the person, thank you so much. And I have all these dreams of what I'm going to do with it. And I stick it in my wallet. And life continues to go on. And then a birthday comes up five or so years later, and someone finally buys me a new wallet. Man, you'll ever get a new wallet. You really wait until it's just on its last deathbed. And then you're pulling stuff out thinking, that store's not even open anymore. (laughs) But you pull out that gift card and realize, I never used it. And it's expired. And I've just lost it. Not because the person giving it to me decided to take it back from me. No, they spent their money. They lost their money. They didn't. They are going to receive the reward of giving. God will bless that person for giving, even if I was a doofus in how I used it. But I get it out, and I can't use it anymore. It's expired. So let me give you an example. You're battling a marriage issue, and you sit down with a man of God or a woman of God, and they start giving you the word. They start giving you encouragement, a way out, and you take it. 
Man, that's great. I love that. And you think, okay, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to turn my life around. I'm going to stop with my shenanigans and doing this dumb stuff. And I'm going to turn my marriage around. And you finish that meal on fire. Man, this is awesome. And you put it in your wallet. And you go back to your life. Years later, divorced, kids hate you, life's falling apart, and you stumble back across that word. You've got it written down somewhere. You had it on a note somewhere. It falls out of your whatever. And there it is. And you missed it. The word did not make a mistake. The word was not perfect. The word was, was not imperfect. It was perfect. But you had to do it. You had to receive it and walk in it. God's got a word for you today. But you can stick it in your wallet and forget it. That child's desperate for you parents to get this. I'm not kidding. Do you hear me? In your wallet was the free and unmerited favor of God. But you've got to use it. You've got to use it. I'm going to show you. Let me keep going. The purpose of today. Do you remember what it is? John chapter 15, verse 1. And I'm going to need to speed up. I'm going to get going here. John chapter 15, verse 1. There we go. Thank you for having your Bibles. I hear it. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do not bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message. What is that? That's the word. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Listen to me, church. The Lord is speaking to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. How do we remain in him? I'm going to show you. How do we remain in him? We remain in him by the word. We remain in him by the word, not one and done. Everybody say remain. You know what remain means? It's not romaine. It's not lettuce. Remain. It means to exist, to endure, to last, to abide, to carry on, to persist, to stay, to stay around, to prevail, to survive, to live on. Remain in me. Live on in me. Persist in me. Endure in me. Back to verse 2, it says, we are pruned by his message, his word. What is pruning? It's being put on the right course. It is cutting off the dead and the useless. Uh, I remember Mark Davis talking about he hates to be ineffective. You want to know how to be effective? Allow the pruning of the Lord to take place in your life and remain in him. He will make you effective. The fervent, effective prayer of the righteous man availeth much. I can only fervently, effectively pray if I am being pruned by God. But when I am pruned by God, I, through my words, through his words in me, can move mountains. If I don't have his word, I can't move a tic-tac. Do you hear me? I am powerless 
with him, nothing can take me down. Do you hear me? We cannot produce kingdom fruit without remaining in Jesus, in the word. Verse 5. Yes, I am the vine. Who is I? Jesus. Who is you? Me. we got to remember what we're doing here. Don't just let me read. Jesus is the vine. I am the branches. Those who, what? Remain in me. And I and them will produce much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Are you withering? Such branches are gathered into a pile and being burned. Anybody feel like they're being burned? (laughs) But if you remain in me... And my words remain in you. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want. What does that mean? That means if you have his word, you are going to ask according to his word. You're not going to be out here asking for billions and lifetime gift card to McDonald's. You're going to be asking according to his word. When we ask according to his word, connected to, his, to the vine, connected to his heart, knowing what he desires, he's, his desires are getting inputted into me, matching what my desires are. He doesn't change me to all of a sudden change my character to look different. No, he takes who I am and flows through me. Then I start to ask according to his word, and he gives it. He doesn't even question He didn't have to go back and look it up. Is this right? No, he knows. Yes, you asked the right way with me. I will do it. Verse 8, when. Everybody say when. When you produce much fruit. How do we produce much fruit? By remaining in the word. Did y'all see that? If we go back to verse 5, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Those who produce much fruit, now I added this word, then. Now this is just me. Don't stake me to a, don't nail me to a stake and burn me. Then you are my true disciples. Can we, can we add the then? When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. How do we produce much fruit? We remain in the word. Somebody say amen. Then you are my true disciples, or you are my true disciples. And what happens? This brings great glory to the Father. What does? You producing much fruit. God wants you to be blessed. He wants your fields to be full of fruit. Full. Overflowing. More than enough. Running over, pressed down, shaken together, running over for you. How do we do that? We remain in him. When we remain in him, we produce much fruit. When we produce much fruit, it brings glory to the Father. Remaining in him, in his word. This is what qualifies a true disciple. Does that matter to anybody anymore? 
being a disciple of Christ? Does anybody care? This is what that should look like. Remaining in the word, producing much fruit, bringing glory to the Father. That's the true disciple. Then do it. Let's go verse 9. I've loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain. Can anybody see this connection I'm making to the word? When you remain in the word, you remain in him. You remain in his love, just as my father's commands, just as I obey my father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that I love how the Lord gives us the reason. We don't just blindly have to follow. No, God says, here, let me tell you why. I told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Does anybody like the carrot being dangled in front? Joy? How many here struggling to have joy? I mean real joy. I don't mean eating a scoop of Ben and Jerry's ice cream and having that kind of joy for just a minute. I mean real joy, that you go to bed at night with peace. You walk your day not in fear, but in joy. You want joy? God says, here's, I've told you these things. If you'll walk in this and remain in me, you will be filled with my joy. Verse 12, this is my commandment. Does anybody care? Prove it. Love each other in the same way I've loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because the master doesn't confide in slaves. Now you are my friends. Since I have told you everything the Father has told me, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed, say me. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. How do we do that? By remaining in the word. So that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. This is my command. Love each other. Love each other. Wake up, church. Wake up. Think of a, a, someone that has passed out and, and is possibly even dead and you just shaking that person saying, wake up! Wake up! Church, the Lord is saying, wake up! We do this when we leave. We do this when we're at work. We do this when we're at home. This is your life that we grow, we learn, we follow, we love. You are called to be his disciple, to learn, to grow, not to feed on milk all your life. Forgive me, you've got to get off the breast and on to life. We've got to get moving to move up to solid food. You remember a child having to be fed, uh, spoon fed, and it just gets everywhere. I watched my wife do it for, with Rita Marie, our first child, and I was just amazed. She just knew how to take that spoon and roll it right around their mouth and clean it all off and stick it back in their mouth, and I'm like, 
where did you learn that? I mean, I was, I, I don't know how I would position myself, but one time when Rita Marie was a baby, she vomited and it went in my mouth. I'm like, I'm missing it somewhere. I, I don't think this is what's supposed to happen. Kids do spit up, they do do stuff, but I don't think I was supposed to be in the, in the position for that. Let me tell you something, God's blessing now, his salvation is free, but his blessing is positional. You got to get under the faucet. You got to get connected to the source. I was connected to the wrong source. It was her mouth shooting vomit into mine. Oh, wrong vine. Now, I didn't overreact. I didn't spaz out. It was one of my, one of my few shining moments that I did not... Godzilla run for the hills, screaming and yelling. God's favor, God's blessing is positional. It says that in his word is grace and truth. So I must be in his word to receive that. Get under the faucet. It will change your life. We're called to be discipled, and then we go. Okay, I got to, now I'm going to. Go quick again. Matthew 28. Matthew 28, 18. Do I have that one? Do I not have it in there? All right, as he's catching up. You're going to know it. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. This is Jesus. Jesus has been given authority in heaven and earth. 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Who? He's talking to his disciples. Who are his disciples in today's day? Thank you, Sandy. Me. I am. Say, I am. Therefore, me, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands. What's he saying? To give them the word. Teach them to follow the word that I've given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always. To the end of the age. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. I want to give you an, uh, an, 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 an acronym. An acronym. An acronym to leave with. It's KISS. Anybody know what a KISS means? It's what musicians get taught. When we want to get busy and noodle and play our own. And then someone will say, you haven't learned to kiss yet. Keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple. Slow down. Stop yakking. And give them the word. Give them the word. When you face the world, people are lost, broken, hurting, hungry, dying. Kiss. Keep it simple. Give them light. Give them Jesus Give them the word. It may be a salvation word. You may be able to just walk them right through salvation, but it may not be. It may just be a godly marital advice. It may be godly financial advice. It may just be godly love. I'm going to love on you, and I'm going to show you, yeah, you're making a ton of mistakes, but that doesn't define you, and I still love you. And let me love on you. God says, give them love. Give them love. 
it's still the word, and that word is full of grace and full of truth. Give them Jesus. Give them grace and truth. Church, get in the word. Abide in it. Live in it. Then give it. Give light. Defeat darkness. Give this free and unmerited favor of God. And you know the great thing? The results are up to God. It's not your responsibility. And God will reward you. As you go today, go with these glasses on. These glasses of, okay, I am called to be in the word. I'm called to abide. And when I go out of here today from church, when I go into work, I am to make disciples. I am to make disciples and teach people how to obey the commands of the Lord. That's my call. I'm called to do that. The Lord has told me to do that. Now, Lord, let me go out and be effective. And your word says, when I go with your authority, you're with me. You're with me. Engage, church. Engage in the people around you. They may not have tomorrow. You may be the only word they hear. And remember, Esther, if you don't do it, God will sneak somebody else in there to do it. And they'll get the blessing. You get under the hose for the blessing. You get under it. Y'all stand up with me. Now, I want to encourage you. I'm going to pray that the Lord's going to give you opportunity between now and Wednesday. And I want you to come in here Wednesday and share what God did in you this week. That's what I want to do the first part of Wednesday after worship is for people to start sharing what God's doing in you. When it comes to your call, you getting in the word, you're going to get in the word and God's going to answer some questions for you that you've been asking for a long time. You're going to get in the word and come across somebody that you never would have expected that you would have had the right word for them. Have you ever, have you ever talked to someone and said, someone gave you a word and you said, thank you so much. And they're like, I don't know where that came from. That had to have been God. Because that's not how I normally talk. God working through you. Would you consider this? This is your call. It is going to change our city. It's going to change our church. It's going to change you. You are going to start bearing much fruit. It doesn't say the church. It says you. You are going to start bearing much fruit. Who wants to bear fruit? And I don't want my fruit to fall off at the wrong time. God will take care of my fruit. He's the, he's the vine dresser. He's watching my fruit trimming to make sure that it's healthy as long as I remain in him. Will you commit to the word? Commit, church. It's going to change your life. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for your word, and I thank you that your word is full of grace and truth. I thank you that as we get into your word, that you start to show us truth, and you start to defeat lies Father, I pray right now that those that are battling a spirit of depression would get in the word and the light would shine. And Lord, that you would drive that off. Those that are battling a a self-confidence issue, that Lord, that you're going to bring truth into their mind. You're going to bring mercy. You're going to bring grace and truth. Lord, those that have marriages that that are injured and hurting those that have health issues. Lord, you have every answer for us. It sounds too good to be true. The almost too good to be true gospel. 
But God, in your word, is grace and truth. Unmerited, free, unmerited favor of God. Change us, Lord. Let us not come in here and be stone-faced and just go through the motions. But, Lord, let us truly be your disciples. And I ask you, Lord, start with me. Change my heart. Give me opportunity. And, Lord, let us give testimony this Wednesday. Because it is by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony that Satan is defeated. And we're in the defeating Satan business. Thank you, Lord. Bless us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.